Alex, leave all this in the show because I'm going to post a text message in the thread to prove that my daughters are fibbing. Starting 2021. Oh, shit, you scared the fuck out of me. Starting 2021 the way we oh ended 2020. God. Shit talking like crazy. You are listening to Trophy Horse with your host, Tricky Mick, Alex, I yield to no one, Steve, and Sid. And welcome to Trophy Wars, episode 461. I'm your host, Tricky Mick. Alongside with me, the man, the myth, the legend, it's Alex. Well, it's a new year, and Tricky's already tried to bow out of one show. I didn't... He brings you awesome every week. It's I Yield to No One. I had to talk him back into doing the show. We were all prepared to uh, record at a different time tonight because uh, we were going to have a guest on. Unfortunately, that fell through, so it's like Tricky's like, okay, well, we're going back to seven. And then right before we start to record, Tricky's like, you know what? There's not much news. Let's just skip this week. Like, we can't make an hour and a half long show out of completely fucking nothing like we've done a thousand times. Listen, listeners, as you are going to find out. If you could listen real close, you can hear the Zelda theme in the back. That's because I forgot to mute my phone. We literally have one topic to talk about, and I I pulled the rest of the show out of my ass, and uh, I don't know. Like, what Tricky does at work, he pulls most of it out of his ass to get a paycheck. You guys are just jealous that I was able to sit in Times Square inside of a truck and play PlayStation all night. You know, I have to say, I was rather disappointed with Times Square. Why is that? Because those people standing in those little cubicles, I was like, really? And you probably paid good money for that? That's just ridiculous. I, I, what cubicles? I have no idea what you're talking about. These little cubicles they were standing in to celebrate and be social distanced and all that. I have no idea what you're talking about. That's what they were showing on TV, well, so... when I When Tricky was sending us... When I, Tricky did a, a FaceTime or like video call with me via Messenger uh, while he was sitting in his truck, and he showed me like the like the the railing to kind of like like cordon off the entire like Times Square to where people couldn't get into it, and then you know you had a few people like uh, like a little small grouping of people out behind outside the railings, they or the barriers I should say, but I mean there weren't there weren't really that many people. I don't know how they managed to um to decipher. Who could be allowed down there or whatever? I guess maybe they, they lined up early and then after a certain point they cut it off and said, all right, no more people after 50 or whatever. It it wasn't even that because uh, the, the the people that you saw, um, by the time we it got close to the midnight, they actually moved those barricades back like off the side street. It's hard, it's hard to explain it. Uh, you know, you got to actually see what I'm talking about. But they moved the barriers back on the side streets. So... Even if you were at the barrier, they moved them back far enough so the buildings blocked any views to, to discourage anybody from standing there. And, and of course, people still stood there. I mean, at mid at the stroke of midnight, um, I would say there was probably like maybe fifty people out there, at least in my view. And I don't know what you'll talk about with the cubicle because I didn't see anything on TV about it. So, 
I have no idea what uh, you guys Obviously, saw. this all happens normally. It always happens during the winter. So it's always, you know, being New York, I assume it's always pretty chilly up there. And, you know, when you have, like, thousands and hundreds of thousands of people up there, like, all standing together to watch the ball drop, you know, that all body heat is actually probably going to make you feel pretty warm, or if not too warm. But being 50 people out there on the street during the middle of winter while you while you can't see anything, like, I, I don't understand the point of that. Well, Alex, I think you're underestimating because you said, like, a couple thousand. It's more like probably like one and a half million people normally in that To be fair, space. I did say hundreds of thousands. Oh, you did say hundreds of thousands. But, yeah, it was... Uh, is probably I would say there's like a million and a half to two million people in that seven block square, uh, square block, uh, section. Yeah, and everyone acting as as like a little human radiator, providing heat for the person next to him. All right, so uh, there's. <laughs> Let's do our update trophy count. I am level six hundred two. Total trophies of thirteen thousand six hundred and fifty one, two hundred and forty nine platinums. I think I found what I'm gonna be is gonna be my two hundred fiftieth platinum. Alex, what about you, sir? Uh, level four thirty eight. Total trophy count of seven thousand one hundred and fourteen. So tricky can't talk shit about me not earning a trophy this week. And a platinum count of one hundred and seven in one hundred and six games. Yield, sir. Level four three two. With a trophy count of 6876 and a platinum count of 112. And Sid is level 511 with total trophies of 10,056 and a plat count of 173. All right, so Alex, uh, you earned a trophy this week. What was it? I earned more than one trophy. Yeah, he earned a few. But you could probably, you can probably guess where I earned those trophies. Uh, Ooh, ooh, Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, I earned in Crash Bandicoot 4, I ended up beating the game, I beat the final boss, and I say beat the game because I haven't gotten all the, I haven't 106%ed it, haven't gotten the platinum, probably not going to do those things. Uh, I today finished off, I've got all the clear gems from the normal levels, and I'm six of the, in, or I'm one inverted level away, or six gems, from having all the inverted gems as well. So, I think after, I'm going to try to get the all the flashback tapes from all the levels. If you don't know, uh, there are VHS tapes hidden in some of the levels in Crash 4, and you have to make it to that point without dying in order for it to appear, and you can collect it. And then that allows you to uh, play a flashback level, which is essentially, it's got like a grainy VHS um, style of, um, uh, what am I looking for? Filter on the, on the video. Uh, but it's basically back, it's basically the testing phase of Crash and Coco before the game was released. So it's set back in 1996. So before, the, it's basically just a testing phase where there are puzzles where you're over this huge abyss and you have to break as many boxes as you can and get to the end without dying. There's checkpoints in there. So some of them are challenging, but they're not, you know, impossible. But, uh, yeah, so after I do that, I'm probably done with the game because some of the levels, like, doing the insanely, the flawless run through the entire level where you get all the all the boxes, and you don't die at all. Just on some of those levels, you know, Castle Cortex is probably one of the harder levels in the game, and, you know, even though I've gotten, you know, decently good at it, and I can get through without dying a ton, uh, I mean, I, you know, I've gotten through it in under three lives, it's just the, the idea of doing that game, that level perfectly, and then, the, you know, the, the levels where you ride the animals to, you know, through part of the levels, 
like you used to do in Crash 2 with the bear. Those The controls on that aren't great, so the idea of having to make it through that flawlessly and get all the boxes is just a headache, and I don't want to spend the time and put in the energy to do that. So I am nearing, probably nearing the end of my time for Crash 4. And while I do enjoy the game, um, like just, this is one of those games that I just don't care to platinum because it would take so much energy and so much of my time that I would rather be playing other things. And, you know, that's, I, 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 you know, did Crash Team Racing, I got the platinum in that. I got the platinums in Cuphead and Streets of Rage 4, which I considered difficult platinums. I even got the platinum in Bloodborne, including all the trophies for the DLC. So this is one that even I'm like, I'm I'm good. I can accept the fact that I'm only going to have probably 80% of the trophies in this game, but that's fine. Alright, yield. So, uh, let me think here. Let me put my phone. So besides uh, Rocket League and World of Warship Legends, I've been playing Just Cause 3. Played some Just Cause 4 at a buddy's house. Uh... Played Broforce, uh, Bombfest, Ticket to Ride, and Ghost of Tsushima. Now, Yield, did you get all your golden gifts for the, the Frosty Fest in Rocket League? Because you know that ends tomorrow, correct? Yeah, I know it ends tomorrow, and no, I didn't. With trying to uh, do what I need to do in ships, and then... Uh, Rocket League and play some other games other than those two, I realized like coming into the weekend, I'm like I'm not going to get 60 more games knocked out. So I just got two and that's it. Okay, I was able to finish those off today, but as as it, you know, I'm just playing Crash 4 and, and Rocket League, whereas you're you know juggling a whole lot more. I just finished last night, I just retook uh, Castle Shimmera. I just started Act 3. Like, I went and uh, found Yuna in the north. And then I'm like, okay, this is a good safe spot. Thoughts on the game still pretty much the same as they as they were? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I took too much time off because then I'm my, my first little bit, I'm like, okay, now what button does what? Okay, we're here, we're there. Okay, I got to do this for that special and that for that special. Okay. But I did find out, though, that my time away... I am being more judicious with my ghost me- my, my ghost weapons, whereas before I was just kind of just using my katana and maybe my kunis. I'm probably saying that wrong, but you know my little throwing knives. But I wasn't using I, I I wasn't using them enough, and now I started when I get like bum rushed, I'm just like sticky bomb. Get away from me. That's one thing. I didn't use the ghost weapons nearly as often. I definitely leaned heavily on the kunai. I think I did use the smoke bombs quite a bit. Those were pretty helpful. That's, I don't, I don't use those a lot. And I've also been trying to use, uh, my bow and arrow more judiciously. Like if they're all charging me, you know what? I'm going to pull up my bow and arrow and I'm going to try to pick off or at least damage a few of you. Before you come down, like one time I had, I had 10 guys rushing me and I'm like, you know what? Explosive arrow right into the heart of the, of the rush. Boom. Okay. Now let's fight. But that I'm, you know, I'm glad that you were able to jump right, right back in with the combat because if you take too long off from that game, you know, it was at first it was, it was kind of, it was a little difficult to get used to the combat system and everything. So I think that if you jump out of it for a bit and, you know, you're gone for a month or two that 
it takes a little bit more time to get used to the sword play and just the timing of everything. It does. My my timing for my blocks is still off, but as in like I spent probably the first fifteen minutes, maybe half hour, kind of kind of running around doing a little bit of side stuff and going, okay, this button's that, this button's that. Okay, I feel a little bit confident. Let's jump into a smaller battle. Let's not do a story mission yet. <laughs> this way I can kind of fumble myself through. But I was surprised that I got back into the groove far more quickly than I thought I would. Tr- Tricky, what the hell is up with your camera? Like, your room, it looks like the, the movie, the box art for the movie Quarantine, or REC. <laughs> That's because I don't have my, uh, my light on. Alexa, turn on right light. It, it, it's, it's just a brighter same version. Because I got the green screen up, that's why. Ah. Uh, yeah. Alright, so what have I been playing? I've been playing uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, uh, Division 2, and uh, what I think is going to be my 258th Platinum, Immortals Phoenix Rising. How is that? I know that looked kind of cool from the trailers and stuff, but so give me the lowdown on that, man. You know, Yield, I, I, I knew you were going to ask that question. So I, so I came up with an answer that's both honest and true. It's also going to piss off a lot of people. All right. That's fine. It's your opinion. You're allowed to do that. Immortals Phoenix Rising is what Breath of the Wild would have been if Breath of the Wild was a good game. And I'm only applauding you because you're still sticking to your guns about Breath of the Wild. I like that. Uh, seriously, like okay, I I say that as a half joke. So 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 what you're saying is it's a, it's a it's a really good Zelda game on the PlayStation. Yeah. Okay. I figured that's what you were getting at. I mean, we had that with Dark Siders long ago, and Okami before that. No, no, no I'm because uh, well, see, because this also uses uh, Stanima to climb, and you know, it's a lot of the same things. The the only thing, the only difference I found so far from this game. Uh, compared to Breath of the Wild, is the weapons don't break in this game. There's no Link, there's no Zelda, there's no Triforce, there's no Ganon. I mean, those are kind of your core Zelda elements, but besides that... But the climbing, the gliding, uh, the fact that you gotta take down four bosses before you can take down... Uh, yeah, it's pretty much exactly like Breath of the Wild. Gotcha. It, it's what Breath of the Wild should have been. Ooh, shots fired. But it it literally feels like uh, Ubisoft took what Nintendo did with Breath of the Wild and said, okay, we like what you did here, but we're going to make it ten times better. Bravo. Bravo. Uh, But yeah, I'm really liking the game. And it's funny as fuck, too. Oh, really? It's just well-written? Good comedy? Okay. What I'm about to say is like a tiny little bit of a spoiler, but I promise you it doesn't spoil anything. Okay. Um, the way the game is based is Zeus and, you know, I, was, I knew I was going to forget his name. Alex, help me out. Who's the guy that's chained to the tree in mythology? Uh, Prometheus? There you go. Oh, you're talking about the guy who the, the stole fire from the gods to give to man. Correct. Okay, so 
Prometheus is telling you know is telling the overarching story of he's narrating as the game goes on and he's having a conversation with Zeus because Zeus doesn't think Phoenix, who is the main character, uh, who is just a mere mortal, is going to be able to save the world. So as the story goes on, like like you like you'll be Phoenix will be talking with Aphrodite and like to have a conversation. And somebody will say something, and Zeus will turn, you know, chime in and be like, "Oh, I didn't mean it like that." It's it just the the, the comic comic time. It's a it's a bunch of dad jokes that is so well told and so well timed. It makes I don't you want laugh. Zeus telling dad jokes. I want God of War. It's, three it's Zeus. like uh, it it because I'll, I'll just give you one of the jokes that's uh, out of context doesn't really make a lot a whole lot of sense. Um. Prometheus uh, says to Zeus, he goes, I'd give you a hug, but I'm chained to a tree. <laughs> I get I get it. I get it because he's chained to a tree. Right. So it's just, oh, and like the game tries to be dirty, like I'm using quotation marks dirty, but it does it so well. Like they they make a reference to chopping off Adonis's uh, pee pee. I love that we're in an it's uncensored show, and you can only muster PP. Well, I literally was just about to say the reason that we said PP is because my daughter is like ten feet away from me. The word the word penis is not a dirty word; it's an anatomical word. I didn't want to say dick. Just say penis. Yeah, but the, but Immortals: Phoenix Rising is actually a very good game. That's good. That's awesome. Um. So, I mean, when they, I think they advertised it, they said, uh, it's if Zelda and Assassin's Creed Odyssey had a baby. I don't get the Odyssey feel so much other than, you know, the mythology, but yeah. It's pretty direct. Well, I mean, if you're just going for the mythology, then Assassin's Creed Odyssey is not like the only comparison you can draw there. Given all the, the Greek games that have, or the, uh, the, all the games that have taken inspiration from Greek mythology. Okay, so before before you dive into our news, you mean our one topic? Our one topic. Well, two if we do the topic of the week. Um, yeah, I think we're actually going to skip that. But yeah. Okay, that's fine. So, as most of our listeners well know, Tricky was in a two competitions. I was in one of them, but Tricky was in two. One of them being the backlog beatdown. Okay. Okay. So, Tricky. Oh, well, I know, I know why you're doing this. Go ahead. Why? Have your moment to shine. Go ahead. I will have my moment to shine. So Tricky ended up with 26 points, tied with Daryl. So I don't know who has bragging rights over there. JT won the whole thing at 110. Which, uh, you know what, never mind. Well, you, you can call your files all you want later. So me, little old me over here, was keeping an unofficial score for myself just to see how I would have done with the big dogs. And I beat Tricky. I had 27. Yeah. All right. There's some shenanigans going on. The fact that JT got, what, four times more than you all? What the fuck was JT doing? Okay. I will say say there was shenanigans probably going down. And I'm only going to say because none of y'all decided to have, in my humble opinion, that's why I didn't officially play, was any concrete rules. It was just... 
helter skelter. But anyway, no, no, they, no. Okay, there were concrete rules. The problem is, is the rules started changing halfway so through. They concrete and uh, <laughs> they were malleable. <laughs> it, because the rule, the rules stayed like okay. The rules were simple on the backlog beatdown. Were if you beat a game that was in your backlog, you got a point. If you got the platinum, you got another point. If you bought a game, you lost a point. The reason I'm saying there were shenanigans, because in my case, and as you guys know, and I've said this on the show many times, is the fact that I like to buy the collector's editions of games. Yeah. And everybody knows that what I generally do is I buy the collector's edition, which comes with a physical copy of the game. Mm-hmm. I sell the physical copy to somebody else, and then I buy the game digitally. Therefore, by technicality, I bought the game twice, but I only really bought it once. You turn around and resold it. I guess you maybe would have to prove it. I would see. I, I, I honestly, I can see the argument both ways, and I can't really. I, I, I can't I can too, and I can't right now make up my mind of whether I agree with one way or the other. I'm on the fence. I see both sides. I, I don't want any part of that argument right now. I, I and I see both sides, both ways too. But also the sh- also shenanigans is I often get uh, review code for games. He didn't pay for I those. would get a review code and then be told, oh, well, you have to take in a negative one for it. Well, you don't take... Okay, so I would say, are you taking a negative one for your PlayStation Plus games? No. Well, then you don't get a negative one for review codes. Because if 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 that's how me, if that's how it wants to be, if they want to dock you for getting a negative one for a review code, then we get negative two for every month for PlayStation Plus because we paid into it. That's part of the service. Well, part of the rules was that any games that you got from Plus, uh, Xbox Live Gold, or Game Pass did not, or and uh, PlayStation Now, you did not take negative ones for. Yeah, I I, I know that, but it, it it that to me that's the that's the pot calling the kettle black when you're going to nick you for a review code, but not Plus Now and all the other services. And the other, and the other point that I, you know, maybe I'm nitpicking about is the fact that like there was a couple times where I took a negative one for a game, and then that game came out on Plus or Now, and everybody's playing it for free, but I took the negative one for it. Ah, uh, now that's nitpicking because the argument you say, well, I should have waited. Yeah, you could have waited. Or you know, but there's no telling that that game's going to come free. Nope, there is no telling. So. It, it I I never really brought that up, but that was another point of contention. But uh, I'm sorry, I cut I kind of no, took over your no, you're fine. conversation there. But so uh, so the you oh yeah something else. No, I was gonna say the both contests. I was gonna I was actually gonna go uh I was gonna talk about this later in the show, but there's actually both contests are back up and running. Well, yeah, we're we're we're, we're doing season two or the the double down. Um, so the the really the more important challenge that we were doing was the be legit side quest and tricky which also had which also had its uh share problems i disagree but tricky ended up with the year with 12 points and how many did you end up with i had 18 god bless you sir i ended up fifth overall with some really heavy hitters 
So really, you take away the heavy hitters, and I did really well. So I'm proud of myself. I'm trying to behave because I don't want like. <sighs> anyway, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm. I know you're breaking balls. Well, a little bit. I, I am busting your chops a little bit, but I'm, I'm honestly, I am happy with where I ended up because I start, I started in in March when I got the rules for be legit, or when I asked about them. And I'm like, you know what? This is something that I can get behind. There is not as much gray. It's more black and white. You know what? Let's try this. And I could have tried harder towards the end of the year. But I got wrapped up with Rocket League and Warships. But still, I ended up with 18 points. I'm happy. All right. So uh, I told Levi I would do this on the show. So that's I'll just go into it now. Uh, the Be Legit. Double Down is uh, up and running, and there have been rules. And just to clarify, uh, there is a council for the uh, the group. The council includes Levi, Yield, Daryl, Kalai, and myself. Well, they let you uh, all there. I'll- well, I'm I, I'm a little against this, but wait against against the council or letting Tricky on the council? Uh, uh against the council. Okay. Uh, y'all got seats on Coruscant. Y'all sitting in a tower on Coruscant. Right, I'm, okay, yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna go over the rules real quick, and then I'm gonna explain to you why uh, the council is important. So, uh, new rule changes for this year is basically you put pl- you play a game and you get a point. No. Um, you're doing being legit. You're doing backlog beatdown. I'm doing be legit. Okay, be legit. You have to be seven to eight hours. Hold hold on. Okay. Don't cut me off here. Well, you said you get a point for beating a game. That's that's not entirely true. No. Okay. The basis behind be legit is doesn't have to be your backlog. It's you beat a game, you get a point, but there are rules to whether or not you earn a point or two points. And those are the rules I'm gonna go into right now. Okay. Rule number one is the timeline. Uh, has been dropped from eight hours, or yeah, from eight hours to seven hours this year. Uh, Levi says a lot of legit AAA games and top tier indies clock in at seven, um, and he's still going to use how long to beat to clarify. Number two, contestants can submit other games for approval. For example, Joseph Priestley just beat Battlefield One. This is a legit game and would probably carry, so I'm submitting it to the council for uh for him. This is strictly for games on the borderlines. Don't bother with games like My Name is Mayo and Sally's Day at the Salon. The reason that is important is because uh, Battlefield 1 campaign on how long to beat says it's six and a half hours. So the council comes into play and saying, I I think everybody in the council would agree that Battlefield 1's campaign is a legit game. But because of some arbitrary time and not meeting the seven-hour quota, technically Joe would not get a point for that. Yeah, but everyone's play experience is different, you know? Well, that's why, because I I had a conversation with Levi, and I actually uh, talked this, uh, I, I talked him into this, because my argument was, is that I played Lego Incredibles last year, and it was on the borderline of saying whether or not it was a legit game, or because it didn't, because how long to beat said it only took 
seven and a half. Seven is a seven and a half hours. Yeah. Uh, so therefore, I didn't meet that arbitrary eight hours. And I said, and I argued to Levi, and I said, how much time you put into a game compared to how much time I put in a game? Like, I could beat Phoenix, uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising and, you know, 20 hours. And I've done played the game. Where how long to beat is just basically straight story missions, start finish, and all story missions. That's to me, that's not playing the game. That's just speed running. So I argued with him and said that there's there's certain games out there that are arguably legit games, but would not get a point based on an arbitrary time because to say that your time is more valuable than my time. I it it didn't make it didn't seem fair to me. So now no matter what game there is, you can submit it and if it doesn't meet the the, the 7 hour mark. Whether it gets proved or not is, you know, subjective. That's why he says don't bother with my name is Mayo because that's no way the hell that's going to well, get it's approved. It's just also not about time, it's about difficulty too because there may be games some games that are difficult but yet they may not meet the 7 hour criteria. Yeah, because like, and see, there's certain games that I just feel like, you know, like you beat. I think you both platinumed uh, Hellblade. Yes. Right. How long would you say it took you to beat Hellblade? Not not platinum, just beat the game. Uh, at least ten. Yeah, I'd say it's more than seven hours. Uh, according to how long to beat. The main story only takes seven and a half hours. Yeah, I but I I think you need to take it on a case by case basis based on the game, and you know not only how long it takes to beat, but also how difficult it is. I mean, clearly a game like just like Mayo is a joke. You should not include that at all. But other games, right. like even if Hellblade had fallen under, you know, had been like six hours or something like that, or even like Heavenly Sword, a game like that should be a legit game. I don't care if it falls underneath the seven hours. I don't know where this seven hours arbitrary number came from, but. I think you need. To- well, it, it, I, I believe that came from trying to eliminate games like I Am Mayo or those puzzle games where you can just hit X for an hour. You just look at those games and see the gameplay, and just eliminate them based on that. You don't need some like timestamp. Well, to I do that. see. I I argue, part of my argument last night with Levi, and I'm using argument in quotation marks here. Discussion. Uh, yeah. Part of my discussion with Levi was I wanted him to remove the time, the arbitrary time completely because it, it who's to say that, you know, just use it to help me, for example, me and oh, me, you and uh, Yield, we all sit down, we play Hellblade. It may take me six hours to be Hellblade. It may take Alex 12 hours to be Hellblade. It, you know, it may take Yield, oh, eight. Just throwing out numbers here. Who's to say, like, whether or not it, it's a legit game? So there should be no arbitrary, you know, no arbitrary time because just because I could power through a game in six hours and it takes Alex twelve hours to beat the game doesn't mean that you know we didn't play the, a legit game. So yeah, I think you could easily decipher the the shaft from the wheat, so to speak. Like you can look at a game. And look at its gameplay and just kind of, you know, 
look at like say the trophy difficulty list or whatever but in most cases like you use my name as mayo as an example it's not hard without you know ascribing any kind of time amount to play a game to call it a legit game you could easily look at my name as mayo and eliminate it from contention because just the style of game it is and like graphic novel games and stuff All like right. that. Uh, like, I just looked up a couple of crash games. Uh, just you know, just to prove my point here, and before I beat this dead horse, uh, Alex, I looked up crash games or how long to beat. I'm going to give you the name, the name of a crash title. You tell me how long it takes. You take in hours it takes to beat the uh, the main story. Okay, not like getting any collectibles, not doing the relics or the getting all the gems. Just straight, straight through. Uh, Crash Four main story. Uh, I mean, I mean, it's not like you're gonna go through all the levels and beat them all like just on the first time. So there's gonna be some trial and error. I'd say twelve hours. All right, how long to beat? Says ten hours. Uh, Crash Bandicoot the first one. Ten hours. Six and a half. Crash Two. Judging by what they said about the original Crash, seven. Six hours. And, and Crash 3, uh, the main story was six hours. Uh, and Crash Team Racing, Nature Fueled, says it only takes five hours to beat. Yeah. I think it's going to take you a little bit more time than that in each of those games, just because of how difficult they are. But, I mean, the main story is if you're not getting all the collectibles and stuff in Crash games, yeah, there's significantly less amount of time you'll spend in those, with those games. All right, uh, let's get which, back to well, the here, rules which again, of the Which goes to your legit. point that no one would ever call or say the Crash Bandicoot game is not legit. I mean, great, maybe Crash, well, Crash Bash had its own difficulties too, but the mainline Crash games like Crash, you know, Crash 2, Crash 3, Crash 4, Team Racing, no one would say that those are not legit games. So that, again, is another reason, another strike against the, the seven-hour time. All right, so getting back to the rules, uh, this one... I, I disagree with a little bit, but I I I understand. All right, so the third rule is, he says, I don't want to distur- discourage folks from playing long RPGs. This happened last year, and I want to avoid it. So anything 20 hours or longer now counts as two points. So in example, uh, William Ridgeway uh, beat The Witcher 3, and he's going to be awarded two points. Yeah, but here's the thing. If you're still using the seven hours as a guideline for how much you have to get one point, that's still you get three points versus the two points you get for a 20 plus hour RPG. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. Say that one more time. Like, for, you know, it seems like within the system that a game that is seen as legit is seven hours. So it lasts you seven hours to beat. So if you beat a game in seven hours, you can do that three times over before one person can beat a 20 plus hour RPG, at least time wise. Uh, okay. So you're, the points are still three versus two. I I agree with you, and uh, I was going to ask you, what do you think about the two points for a twenty-hour plus game? If, if you are more into the RPGs, which takes longer to play, I'm not opposed to giving someone two points for that. See, my uh, uh, my problem with this is just because, like, his first line, he says, I don't want to discourage folks from playing the RPGs. He, Levi said to me that there were some people that skipped out on playing The Watcher 3 or Final Fantasy. 
I thought you said The Watcher. I did say The Watcher. I'm sorry. The Witcher 3. Uh, or or Final Fantasy game or you know Star Ocean whatever it is because they didn't want to quote unquote waste time playing a long game to get a point. And my only argument to that, and this is why I disagree with this rule just personally, is because the whole purpose of the backlog beatdown is to play your backlog. The whole purpose of be legit is to play a good game. If you're not playing a game because you want to win a point, then that's your personal problem. Like, I, I'm never going to not play a game because I'm only going to get a point out of it. Or I'm only, I'm not going to get a point because it doesn't meet the, uh, you know, the seven hour rule. If I want to play a game, I'm going to play that game. Like, I'm still playing the division two. I've long got that point. I'm long beat the game. I'm not going to stop playing it just because I can't, I'm not going to be able to get a point for it. Like, I, I get what he's trying to say is that if you put in the time in, but Alex just, like, Alex just pointed out that I didn't even realize. You could play three seven-hour games and get three points for what took you know somebody uh, you know William Ridgeway to get two points for. That's why that, that's why when it comes to contests like this, I only put in, you know a time thing on it or give it extra points for people that spent twenty hours on a I game. Mean, there's no way to have a perfect system, but I do like that Levi is thinking like I don't want people to be discouraged from playing games they want to play. So I'm going to, you know, at least consider ways to make other, like, longer games, you know, more, like, more at home in this competition. Because honestly, like, one of the reasons that I don't want to compete in any of these competitions is because I don't want any outside influences steer the way I play games. Like, I don't want to just be like, okay, well, I just ran through all the levels and crash, and now I'm going to skip everything else and just go start at another game. Like, I don't want to do that because then I just create a backlog for myself to where I have to go back and play all these games to complete them entirely later on. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, I that's that's why I was saying, like, if you're not playing a game because you're, you're you're changing what you're playing because you're worried about the points, then I you're missing the spirit of the comp- competition, in my opinion. I like the fact I like the fact that Levi's trying to reward people that are playing the longer games. I get that. I just uh, my sole problem with this rule is just the arbitrary time. That's it. Uh, okay. And fourth rule, which I wholeheartedly agree with. I do too. Game, games cannot count multiple times this year. Uh, we want to see folks playing new games. Get that 100% behind that. Because that was part of my problem with uh, last year's is because, and I'm going to say this, and JT is probably going to get pissed off at me, but JT won the contest simply because he was. R- Rattling off rat, uh, not rat blats, the uh, Telltale games. Which I'm gonna be honest, the the Telltale games should not count as legit games because they're not. Like, they are enjoyable experiences, but they're fucking easy. It's basically just like a, a walk in the park. They should not count. Okay, but see, every one of those games takes uh, you know between ten and twelve hours to beat. Okay, but that doesn't matter though, because that's why time is a bullshit concept for this thing. That I, I and I'm just I said that simply to point that out. Uh yeah, it's JT did act within the like if that's if there those games are allowed. He absolutely they, did. Then he worked within the rules, so you can't really knock him for that. But I just think that the the those games should not be allowed at all. I, I'm I'm not knocking JT for a strategy. I'm just saying. That's one of the reasons why he won is because he rattled off 
every Telltale game on every platform. Like, yeah. He got, I think, like, a good 30 points just from Telltale games. And if you had done that on this show, or, like, for the Trophy War, people would call you. I mean, granted, people did that. But if you're like, yeah, hey, I earned, you know, 30 more Platinums this year, it's like, well, because you played the fucking Telltale games, and those take no skill whatsoever. Well, it, my only pro- like, if this was the backlog beatdown, I, I got no problem with that. For the be legit. Because they're not legit. They should not, you should not get uh, the same game multiple times. Because what's to stop me from turning around and doing the Division 2 uh, story 15 yeah, times? Yeah, like, that's the thing, is like, how is it legit to play the same game, like, a thousand times over and get points each time. And how how is it I, legit I to play easy that. games that are just cakewalks in order to get points? Alright, and the last rule for the uh, be legit is all games must include a screenshot of the credits when you finish the game, and then he wants you to tag him in the post after completion. I agree with this, but I think a shot of the credits may be... Uh, a shot of the credits or a trophy slash achievement uh, pop up, I think, is fair. So, I, 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 I would be okay. Well, see, not everybody plays trophy or achievement games. You know, some people play Switch, some people play PC. So, in that instance, I, I understand uh, the screenshot. Um. I would be fine with either a screenshot of, you know, the trophy saying you beat the game. Um, and, and I understand that there something needs to be done for, uh, honesty purposes, because otherwise you're going to have, uh, uh, you know, you could have people on there saying, Oh, I beat this game and that game. And unless someone goes and checks their, their trophy list every week, you know, they might, they might just be trying to pad their stats. Well, see, the, the also the thing with the be legit is it's not a backlog game. So technically from my understanding of the rules, uh, if I went and beat God of war, uh, PlayStation four, that counts as a point, even though I've done it before. So it's not like the, the two contests are not the same in the fact that you can only get a point if you've never beaten a game in the backlog beatdown, where this one, I can go and play every Telltale game like JT did last year and get a point. Well, maybe we need a a little bit more fine line because I don't think that you should be... I don't think you should go back again and play every Telltale game. I think you should be a game you haven't played. Or or haven't finished. How about you just play a game once, and then that's the only point you well, can that, that, Well, that, 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 that's what I'm saying. Alright, alright. You know, I, I was worried about time, and we're 48 We've minutes We've been talking about the, the Be Legit now for a half an hour. <laughs> alright. We're gonna skip. We're Next week, we're gonna do the, uh, the Backlog Beatdown because that actually doesn't start until uh, January 15th. Oh, that'll be all you, because I'm not getting involved in that. Well, I think you like this year's rules. 
die. I mean, you can do your thing, but... All right, well, listen, we'll save save judgment for next week. We're going to go over the rules, because I actually like these rules a little bit, uh, but, you know, we'll get into that. Well, hold on, before we move on, I do want to say that I do like that Levi is, you know, by creating the Be Legit, that he is fostering, you know, more competition within the community. You know, even if I choose not to participate, uh, I I like that he's doing that, and obviously it can be an ever-evolving rule set through seasons. Well, there are some changes that I look at, and I was like, man, this this might be a little better with this, or why I don't necessarily agree with this. I do like that, you know, Levi is is building the community in this way. So I, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, so uh, good job, Levi. Uh, I, I know I sounded like I was bitching a little bit, but I, like, I, I appreciate you doing the competitions. All right, so let's get into our topics. This portion of the show is brought to you by Amazon. If you could and would, please stop by Proven Gamer first and click on any Amazon link and continue with your normal shopping. It doesn't cost you anything extra and helps out the site tremendously. Okay, so for our one and only topic this week, we have the PlayStation games for January have been announced. Uh, if you're at, excuse me, if you have your PS5, you're going to be able to get Man Eater. That's PlayStation Five only. And for everybody who has a PlayStation 4, uh, you're going to get Shadow of the Tomb Raider and Greedfall. Well, at least now I won't have to go borrow some my buddy's PlayStation 4 version of Maneater. I'll just put it on my download list and play it when I get my 5. Alright, uh, these games will be available from Ju- Tuesday, January 5th, which is yesterday as of this re- uh, release, until February 1st. It's important to note that the PlayStation 4 version of Man Eater is not available in this ga- in these round of games, and Man Eater is also not available in Saudi Arabia, which I thought was really weird. Furthermore, Greedfall is not available in the Middle East. Uh, it is being replaced with Assetto Corsa, uh, Japan, or South Korea, in which it was replaced with Mist Over. Uh, so, now, uh, I don't know if you guys realize this, but Maneater also went on to their PlayStation uh, sale just recently. So Sony is stepping up and doing the right thing and is going to automatically refund people that have a digital copy of Maneater on the PlayStation 5 uh, due to it being included in January's PlayStation Plus games. So uh, just to be clear, if you've bought it digitally, Maneater digitally, uh, Sony will automatically refund in the cost of the game back to your and wallet. The article that you posted here came from the six com. Oh, I, I just used that as a point of reference, but yes, I, I, the article we're reading is coming from the six axis, but that was just a, uh, a general news story. I didn't really get the news from there. I just put that in there. So I remembered to say, okay, it. but does it, I mean, this but, is yes. open a, a Pandora's box for Sony. Uh, okay. Well, if you want to go back to the article, it said, uh, and this is also being written by Tough Cub, T-U-F-F-C-U-B. I wouldn't expect this to be the new policy from Sony, as it would cost them millions if they started doing it for every game. Rather, it's just a sweetener for earlier adopters. So, I and I kind of agree with that. I don't think this is going to be a standard thing going forward saying, well, if we're going to give you a game on, free, on Plus and you've already bought it, I think what this is, is that they they sold Man Eater on sale just recently, enticing people to buy it, and then all of a sudden they give it away for free. I think that was just uh, if that was 
done on purpose that's pretty shitty. It sounds like this was a mistake, and they're saying, well, if you bought the game just recently, we're going to refund you your money because now we're giving it away for free, and that you know it's pretty shitty that you just paid for it, and then we're going to give everybody for free. So, Yeah, the, but I mean, that's one thing, that's one negative that's come out of PlayStation Plus is that it has kind of fostered the sense that I'll just wait and play it when it comes to PlayStation Plus. But I mean, Maneater is not a Sony exclusive game, is it? No. It's not. No, okay. I was going to say, I don't so, think it I mean, is. I don't think fair, it is. There, there's no way of knowing. If it's a Sony first party exclusive, you can pretty much guarantee at some point it's going to be available on Plus. But with third party games, it's there's no way to tell. All right. So let's move on. Now, as I should have said, we only had the one topic. So uh, last week I referenced these two videos and I thought, like, just to fill some time, which I, obviously we didn't need to really do that much time because. Uh, very long-winded on the uh, Be Legit. But uh, there's two videos. One is the hardest Platinums of 2020 and the other one is the easiest Platinums of 2020. I thought it'd be interested because uh, I put it in the agenda uh, what they were and just had a quick conversation about them. Uh, the first the one we're going to go YouTube over... channel PS5 Trophies. Yes. Thank you, Alex. You're welcome, Tricky. You you never let me get to it. Uh, okay, so just to be clear, uh, for the easiest platinums, this is not going to include any of the rat games. He was uh, very clear to say that uh, he wasn't going to go through, you know, like the easiest of the easiest, like the rat plats. These are actually like legit games that are easy platinums. Uh from what I understood, uh, and I could be wrong, I'm misquoting him, so please uh, go look at the videos uh, just to clarify. But he, what he did was he reached out to the community, uh, PlayStation uh, Trophies, uh, the website. I don't know if it's not .org nowadays. .org. .org. Okay. Uh, he reached out to the community and, you know, asked, you know, their opinions. Uh, he got a whole bunch of games. Uh, he left off six games off this list. In, in his words, didn't make the cut of enough feedback. Uh, but he got these games a lot, but not enough people played it to really classify whether or not they made the top uh, 10. But in this case, it was top 11. So the six audible mentions is Creeks, which I never heard of. Anybody ever heard of that? No, I hadn't heard of that. I have not. No. Okay. Uh, next, uh, I'm going to mention The Last Campfire. Which I think I heard of, but don't know anything about. Yeah, that was uh, from Hello Games. Okay, two two guys, two guys from Hello Games did that game. Uh, One Piece Pirate Warrior Four. Uh, One Piece I never got into, but uh, I hear it's very popular. That's what I hear. Trials of Mana, which I think is the Super Nintendo remake. I believe so. Uh, Super Lucky Tail. And Twin Breaker, which is, uh, if anybody knows, that's the game that was uh, co-developed with Kyle Moriarty. Uh, basically a Brick Breaker game with a storyline. Never played it myself, but I hear it's pretty good. wonder if it's as good as Shatter for the PS3. Because that was a good Brick, brick Breaker uh, game. Okay, so here is your top uh, 10... Actually, it's top 11 games. Uh, I'm going to go through them, and if you guys have anything to say about them, we're going to, you know, we'll have a little bit of a conversation, but otherwise, we're just going to move on. 
Uh, number 11 was The Last of Us 2. Me and Alex, we both got the platinum in that. Would you classify that as an easy platinum or a, you know, a good platinum? I would, I mean, I would classify it as both. I don't think it was particularly hard. There was no difficulty trophies. And there was no multiplayer trophies. If you're willing to put the time in and the effort, then it's a platinum you could get relatively easily. Number 10 was Bug Snacks. Which was a free game. It was on PlayStation, released for PlayStation Plus for free, so that was a free, easy platinum there. And and according to uh, Steven, and, like, quite an enjoyable experience too. I and I, I I like the joke that the the guy made in the video. He was fun fact. Bug Snacks was not the uh, the game with the most bugs in it. That award goes to Cyberpunk. Didn't. All right, number nine, Resident Evil Three. Uh, he did say that it's very easy to get. Uh, not because the game is hard, but because you could use the glitches and use the infinite ammo and RPG to basically walk through the game. But he said, uh, he did say you have to beat the game five different times to get the platinum. For a survival horror game where you can just use infinite ammo and a bazooka or a rocket launcher, that doesn't sound that scary. Uh, the next uh, game on the list is Persona 5 Roy- Royale. The Royal. Royal. I don't know. Royal. Uh, uh, people, uh, he said in the video, people actually are complaining that this platinum was too easy. Well, what do you want? The developers set it up, so that's, that's what they thought would be good. Some, de- some developers like to throw up softballs, others like to drag you through hell to get a platinum. Uh, the next game is, I think you played, is Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Yeah, I started it. I need, need to get back to it. Uh, would you say that platinum is easy for you, sir? Oh, I don't know. I didn't get that far into the game, so. All right. Next game on the list is SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom. Which you just by the name and, and, and the IP you would figure is a pretty easy platinum to get. Uh, he said the, uh, the most taxing thing in the game is to find all of Patrick's socks. Collectible, yeah. Yes. Uh, next thing, next game is Spider-Man Miles Morales. I personally had this platinum twice. Uh, yeah, I like it. Spider-Man games are good. Good trophy list. Uh, and I believe there is no difficulty associated with either Spider-Man Remastered or Miles Morales, so you can play it on easy. So. Next game on the list, uh, Alex has this platinum, Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, it doesn't include the Legend stuff because that came out after the, the the far after the release of the game, so you don't have to do any of the multiplayer stuff. You can just do the single player stuff. It's it's not a hard platinum, much like the last part two. Like the the only daunting thing about this game is you see the map and you see all the stuff there is to do, and it's like that's it it can it can be intimidating. But if you if you put in the time and the effort, it's it's a quality platinum. It's one you can be proud of, but it's also one that's easy, like relatively easy to obtain. Basically, same same category as the last of us. Also, right. Levi, Next buy Ghost list. of Tsushima. Yes, buy Ghost of Tsushima. He might have already done it. I don't know. All he right. just ne- put up something on Facebook asking if he should buy it, but hopefully he bought it. Next game on the list is the game we're getting free. Man Eater. I haven't played it. Uh, Shark Attack games where you play as the Predator. I mean, that's it's always kind of, kind of a, co- a cool concept, so I'm excited to get to play this one. And for free, too. 
All right, just moving on in the list. The next game on the list is Star Wars Episode Episode One Racer. Uh, this is the uh, remake. N64. It was N64? Uh, but he said it's a good racing game, good Star Wars game, uh, and easy platinum. And the number one on the list is Astro's Playroom, which I have to say is a pretty easy platinum, but very enjoyable and very worth going through the game. All right. So overall, guys, what do you guys think of the list? Anything stand out to you? Anything you want to disagree with? For games that came out this year, I think that's a pretty good list. Yeah, and it, you don't, it just goes to show that you can still earn Platinums, but not, you know, play the easiest, shittiest games that mean nothing to you. You can still have really good experiences and play really quality games, and at the same time be proud of the Platinum that you've attained, you know, without, you know, throwing your head through a glass window 10,000 times, uh, or breaking a controller out of frustration because you hate the game you're currently playing. Alright, so let's move on to the hardest Platinums of 2020. Again, uh... He polled the audience, uh, got a list. There are six games that did not make the cut. Those six games being Mafia Definitive Edition. Uh, the next game was Marvel's Avengers. Uh, I'm playing Marvel's Avengers. It doesn't seem like that hard of a platinum to get. Uh, I don't know why this made hardest platinum. Well, it did but, make the uh, list, so it did I, make hardest platinums. Well, it okay. It made the. Maybe it's just hard to play the game because people hate it. You know what? I'm I'm over here. Yeah, you the know next what? Game you on the you list is... <laughs> While they may be making improvements to it for a lot of people, it wasn't enjoyable to play at the start, so they just kind of moved on. Maybe that's why they're saying it's a hard platinum. I maybe there's know. a platinum you haven't cut, or there's a trophy on there you haven't come across that's kind of a real ball breaker. Maybe people gave up on it. And because because it, it's also based on percentage of people who have it, so maybe 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 a lot of people started it and then was like, you know what, this game's buggy as I'll get out, I'm done, and just never came back to it. Well, see, that's the thing. Avengers was never really buggy. I mean, it had bugs, obviously. It was Avengers wasn't buggy. The problem was that there it was no soul and content. And, and, yeah, and it, it 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 lacked end game content. That's the real big problem with Avengers right now. Uh... But I know that Felicia has this platinum, and I think Daryl is working towards it as well. Uh, I've, I haven't played Avengers in a couple weeks, but that's not because of any other reason other than playing everything else. Uh, the next game on the list is Neo 2. Never played it, couldn't speak on it. Uh, next game is Resident Evil Resistance. Uh, the next game on the list is Hollow Knight. Uh, game I was interested oh, in playing. Beautiful but... art style. Looks like a really cool game. Heard a lot of good things about it. Just never had a chance to play it, or just never sat down to play it. We got it free. Didn't we, we got we got we got it free for plus last month. I put it in my download list. I could see from the the trailer that this would be a game that I probably are not going to platinum because it just it looked hard from the trailer. If that makes sense. That's what she said. That's what she said. And the last game on the honorable mention is Sackboy, A Big Adventure. Uh, if I have personally, uh, I you know, obviously me, the goddess, and Sweet Mama D are playing the game. Uh, I, 
I haven't looked at the trophy list, but if if I'm judging by uh, past a little big planet trophy list, I could understand why this is on the honorable mentions of hardest. Uh, little big planet kart racing was any a pretty easy platinum. The little big planet was not so much, mostly because of the collectibles through the single player stuff. Because I got most of the other trophies, and the real roadblock for me was having to go back through and play and get all the collectibles, and I was just like, I'm not fucking doing that. So, uh, wasn't really hard, it's just if you missed collectibles, like, it was just a bear to go back and get them. Yeah, and, and the problem with this, the Little Big Planet games was the fact that, uh, when it came to the collectibles, a couple times you had to get partners of, you know, two or three people, or two, three, or four people. And if you didn't have those people, you couldn't get some some of the collectibles. And I'm assuming that's the same thing with Sackboy Big Venture. All right. So the top 10 list, number 10, Spelunky 2. Uh, I was never a fan of the first one, but they said the first uh, first Spelunky was a hard as balls platinum. And so is uh, Spelunky 2. Number nine on the list, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, a platinum that I'm going after. Um, the guy said there are some buggy trophy or buggy trophies, uh, some missing collectibles and stuff, which makes this hard platinum. Uh, it's also very time consuming, as is most Assassin's yeah, Creed. Yeah, but games. time consuming doesn't mean hard, because like I mean, playing through The Last of Us, like just playing through the story, is pretty time consuming. But when you figure you have to go back in and get some trophies, like that's time consuming. But here it was on the other list. So time consuming doesn't necessarily mean hard. True. So there's got to be another reason besides that. I, I'm just telling you what the guy said in the video. Uh, next game on the list uh, for number 10, 9, 8. Sorry, I'm doing this backwards. Uh, Demon oh, Souls. Shock, shocking that Demon Souls for the PS5 is on this list. <laughs> uh number seven uh devil may cry 5's special edition uh not only uh, the guy said this is uh you know obviously the playstation 5 version of the game uh he said not only is the original platinum hard as it is but now with the special edition they added two previous dlc trophies as a requirement for this platinum which makes the game even harder to And I platinum. believe that for 2019 that the number one hardest platinum was Devil May Cry 5. The next game on the list, uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, he says it will take you over 120 hours to platinum. You have to beat the game on the hardest difficulty and uh, you have to get all the collectibles. I think somebody in our community has this platinum. I'm sure they. I'm sure they do. There's a lot of people who like Final Fantasy VII. Fucking serious gamers. I think it's JT that has this platinum. I'm not. Wouldn't sure. question it. Uh but I did buy Final Fantasy VII remake. Uh, even though I said I wasn't going to, so I will be making my march towards that platinum eventually. Shocker. I I I really said I was going to wait. Uh, because I figured. I and I still think that went all three versions. Wait for it all to come out and just buy one version. Right. Uh the next game on the list is Tony Hawk one and two. I don't know, I don't play skateboarding games. Played them back in the day, but haven't tried the remakes. The next game on the list is Call of Duty Cold War. I can't imagine a Call of Duty game single player campaign being hard platinum. 
Well, a lot of those, I mean, a game like that, like, doesn't it also have multiplayer? It does. So, I mean, and we've come across some pretty hellacious multiplayer trophies in our time, you know. Oh, 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 let me stop you there, because the Call of Duty games uh, are renowned for never having any multiplayer trophies. Just this one? Except for the one that was multi- No, every Call of Duty game, if I, if I, correct me if I'm wrong, but... I believe every Call of Duty game, with the exception of the online-only Call of Duty game, there has never been multiplayer trophies in the list. Well, you can always, just by tweaking the trophies a little bit, tweaking the formula, you can always make a trophy list much, much harder than the previous version. Like, hey, only shoot this many shots, or hey, you have to have an accuracy percentage of this by the end of the game on hard. Alright, the next game on the list is somebody on this show has this platinum, and that is Cuphead. Yep, got it. Now, the guy did say in the video, and I'm not accusing, but they says that there is a glitch to make the game much, much, much easier than what it was. Well, I guess I really wish I would use that glitch. What what is the glitch? He did not go into details of what the glitch was, but he did say that uh, while the game does make the hardest platinums outside of the glitch, he said the game could also be listed as the, one of the easiest platinums with the glitch. I am unaware of this glitch. I will have to remember that come when I go to play it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to turn to Alex. Alex, I got the platinum in Cuphead. He's like, yeah, did you use the glitch? No. Bullshit. Oh, oh no, no. I'll, I'll admit it because that game looks hard as heck, and I don't think I'll be able to beat it on the hardest difficulty, S rank at all, blah, 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 it's blah. It's one of those games that when you start playing, it seems impossible, but over time and just sheer determination, like you can. It's usually, like a lot of games, you just learn the boss's patterns and you can eventually overcome them. You're just going to have to deal with the frustration and the time investment that comes along on, along the way and just dying over and over again. Until you can get it to the point where you can, you know, fight the bosses really well. I have Cuphead on the Xbox. I have never beaten one level. I've gotten to the end of the level. Never beaten it. Alright, number two on the hardest Platinums is Fall Guys. And they said that uh, the number one reason why this is the one of the hardest Platinums is that the trophy... Uh, called infallible which you have to win five shows in, in a row which is absolutely freaking insane but i will mark out that i put read an article that i did not put in the agenda of naughty dogs uh favorite games of the year and neil Druckmann says uh fall guys is his one and only platinum here's the thing like if you're going to make a, a platinum that's hard to get like make it so that multiple trophies are hard to get don't make just like a game with an easy trophy one. for one, like, brick wall trophy like that. Like, that's a dick move. Yeah. Yeah. Because if I got all the trophies and that was the one I was missing, I'd be pissed. Well, you need to find 40 people who are willing to 60. Eh. Or at least or at least a fair amount. At least you can get down to eight. And you just have to make sure you eight make it to the final round. And every time, every time, and okay, we're gonna, we're all gonna die right off the bat. So you win. Well, see, what makes Fall Guys, what makes that trophy hard, is you can be the most skilled Fall Guys player in the world by far, and you still can lose to just dumb luck. That's what makes that trophy even harder. 
Yeah, I, I still don't like the game, but anyway. And the number one hardest game, Platinum of 2020, we talked about it earlier, Crash Bandicoot 4. And for reference, 2019, the second hardest Platinum was Crash Team Racing. Nitro Field. So, Crash... Did you just look that no, up? No, actually, I was watching these videos, because you mentioned something on a previous show about it, so I, these just popped up, at least I think one of them just popped up on my YouTube front page and i was like oh i'll watch it and then um it led me to the 2019 and and um i just watched it from there so down the rabbit hole yeah, you went but i mean crash bandicoot games are notoriously hard regardless of how like goofy and like kid-friendly crash bandicoot looks the games are really fucking hard so i as someone who is playing like knee-deep in this game and has you know Seeing what the requirements are, I mentioned it before earlier in the show, I just, I'm not going to try to get this platinum. It's not worth it. It's absolutely not worth it. But if you, if you do have it, it is an absolute, like, something you should flex as often as you can, because it's a humdinger of a fucking platinum. Like, it is, it is a blue ribbon platinum. Like, that's, that's like a top of the line one. That's like Demon Souls. Because it's not only hard, but you have to put in a shit ton of time, too. Yield. This is for you, sir. Yay. I'm the tech social media, so I posted this week for questions and only got one question from Yield. Uh, so we're not going to answer that. But on last week's post, uh, Mr. Matthew Malden, I hope I'm saying that's right, uh, left some questions. Uh, he left four to be direct. His first question is, to all that are present, continuing on from last episodes, but somewhat different, have you played all the Star Wars games, and what do you think of them? Recently, I found my old copy of The Force Unleashed 2, and that I haven't touched in years, and wondering if you guys had an opinion on the game. Force Unleashed 2 was, was, was really great. Um, the only problem, I mean, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that it was canon. Uh... They, in my opinion, they made Star Killer a little too strong. A little OP. Yeah, a little OP, only because to me he felt stronger than Vader. And where it's at the timeline, you know that <laughs> eventually things aren't going to go your way. But I, I enjoyed the first one. I think better than the second. But the second one had some really uh, good scenes in it, good moments in it, where it made me, it, at least it made me feel like I was a a Jedi. All right. And obviously you liked, um, uh, why can't, why am I joining the like the last one? Oh, Fallen Order? There you go. Oh yeah, the the EA actually did a really good Star Wars game. The story once you get going, the story's really good. All right, Alex, your opinion on the Star Wars games? You know, I haven't played a lot of the newer Star Wars games. I did play the original. Um, Battlefront. No, 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 no. Um, Force Unleashed. Force Unleashed. Yeah, I played the Force Unleashed, oh, sorry, and no. while there were. Um, Certainly issues with the game. Overall, I thought it was a pretty enjoyable experience. Um, I'm, kind of, I'm trying to think of anything in particular that I had 
issues with it. Um, I, I guess overall, like all I really remember because it's been such a long since I played it is that it was really cool to have like a new character in the Star Wars universe and like, a new protagonist you could play as. Like seeing Vader obviously playing through that through the opening scene was really cool, and then just being able to get to the point where you could bring down a Star Destroyer, like that was a really cool moment. So there were definitely some really cool moments that stuck out. Uh, you know, um, at least one, I think, was it Kazan Paratus that you fought in the junkyard, like one of the, the kind of the last Jedis around. There, so, I mean, there were some definitely really cool moments in there. Um, I, you know, definitely some improvements needed overall. Like, I remember that it was a game that a lot of people really said they enjoyed, but also, like, there were there were some gripes with it. But, uh, yeah, obviously some of the moments definitely stuck in my mind. The, the Star Wars games, though, that I have the most love for, uh, or at least the Star Wars game that I have the most love for, has got to be Star Wars Battlefront 2. And that's not the most recent one, it's the one for the PS2. Like, I've played the hell out of the, the PS2 game. Uh, just being able to play as Jedis, all the maps they had that were really good. Um, yeah, that game was a lot of fun. So the my favorite Star Wars game of all time is the uh, Battlefront 2 for the, uh, uh, the PlayStation 2. All right, and I really haven't played any of the Star Wars games. I I, I started playing Fallen Order. Uh, I got to get back to it. I, I I don't think I really gave it a fair chance. Uh, well, well, like I said, it, it took me probably a quarter of the way into the game before I realized I was attacking the combat realm. I was trying to attack it like I was playing Force Unleashed. And you play like a hack and slash because that's what I'm doing. That's why I'm yeah yeah like yeah, and that, that and that's why it's kicking your butt. I end, I started off on a harder difficulty. I can't remember what I started off on. I ended up dumbing it down because I was getting my butt kicked and it was ticking me off. And then I I realized because like there was a couple of bosses, I was getting my butt kicked. Couldn't figure out why. I got tired of getting my butt kicked, so I looked up a guide online on how to beat it, and then would beat the boss. And then after I did the second one, I'm like, man, I don't want to spend the whole game. Every boss pull up a guide. It, 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 um, I'm defeating my purpose of this game. And that was going up to the third boss was kind of when things clicked. I had finally gotten my guy to a point of where I was comfortable with his force abilities. And the combat started to click with me that I was playing the game wrong. I was trying to play it like a hack and slash. And you can't do that. I see that. That's why I'm turned off on the game because I was playing it like a hack and slash. Yeah, and you got it. You got to kind of unlearn that, learn the combat, and once you get by that, the story is really good. It was just the combat was was kicking my butt for a while. All right, and what about uh, your you guys' opinion on the most beloved Star Wars games, Knights of the Old Republic? You know, I've never played it. I've heard I've heard great things about it. Never played I've it. Never played it, but I know that. I mean, Ashley does dabble in that. She, I believe, she played it, um, and it, or at least she played the Old Republic on PC. So, um, I mean, when it, when a game has that much like praise from fans, it, like it's it's hard to see it like as anything else but great. Like, I mean, granted, you may have a different experience with than other people, but I think there's enough positive feedback about the game to you know earned its place in history as, like, one of the most, if not the most beloved Star Wars game. Yeah, I've also never played it, so I can't give an opinion on it. Well, right, it, was, it, was, it was PC, that's why. Well, no, it was on the original Xbox. Knights of the Old Republic. Oh, was it? Okay. Okay, sorry. I thought it did come to consoles. It was on the, it was on the I'll, original I'll Xbox. I looked it up. 
All right, I'll, I'll look that up as we answer the second question. Uh, the second question is, who is your favorite light side and Sith side character, and why is Jar Jar Binks the best Sith villain of all time? If you if you don't know what uh, the question's talking about, go on YouTube and, and watch the theory that Jar Jar is actually a Sith. It's actually pretty entertaining. But to answer the question, my favorite Sith of all time is Darth Maul. I know he's not the top second, not the top guy in the chain, I, but he's just I agree. Cool. And my favorite light side is Mace Windu. All right, we all agree on the set. So, Yield, what is your greatest Jedi? You know, I, I, I'm going to go Obi Wan. After watching the prequels and seeing some of the the Clone Wars animated series, I'm I'm going to go uh, Obi Wan right now. I, I'm I'm going to cheese out and just say Luke. But at the same time, it, it's that that's a totally like legit pick. You can't argue against it. No, I can't. That's why I'm like I'm not giving it too much crap. But I was going to say if I was going to have a second, I'd say Qui Gon Jinn. Although I mean I know that Qui Gon Jinn only got one movie, but I love Liam Neeson in that role. All right, so I looked up Knights of the Old Republic, and Alex, you are correct. It, uh, platforms were Xbox, Windows, Mac OS, iOS, and Android. Because that was that was what if you were the PlayStation Two owner, that was a reason to be jealous of the Xbox because they had nice little public. All right, third question. I know you all have massive love and enjoyment with Rocket League, but have you ever played its predecessor on the PS3, Supersonic Aerobatic Robotic Powered Battle Cars? No. No, I I I, I skipped it, and then well, actually, I would have skipped Rocket League. If a buddy hadn't have been like, here, dude, you need to try this game. And I tried it and I was like, wow, this is a lot more fun than I thought it would be. Uh, fun fact. Uh, I, I I also have not played Supersonic. Uh, fun fact. But if you put it in the Konami code on Rocket League, it actually turns into Supersonic aerobatic robotic powered battle cars. Did you guys know that? I did not know that. Yeah. On the title screen, if you press up, 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 down, down, left, right, left, right. It would be square circle. I I don't even think you I don't even think you need the square circle, but it does turn uh the title screen into the original game. Oh, that's cool. Fourth question, uh, and he says this one is to yield. Okay. I would just like to hear your opinions or thoughts on two games you've played this year: Driver San Francisco and Wreckfest. So let's start start with Driver. Okay, Driver. So, Driver San Francisco, I've actually had this game done for quite a while. Um, during the quarantine, I was trying to go back and uh, platinum games that I was close to having platinum. So, all I needed in Driver San Francisco was the online. And sure enough, the community was still going. Sure enough, there were people still boosting for it. So, I was able to get in with a group of guys. Took us, I don't know, three, three days, three, five days to do it because... So some of them are involved. Some of them you can knock out really quickly, but was able to get that. So that that's the really annoying part about the game is the online part. And it can be buggy because the servers can just kick you off for no reason. Other than that, the single player, if you have played the driver games, it's the closest thing to the original driver that we finally got. So it, it was for somebody who's played all the driver games like me, it was it was a nice uh, 
tip of the cap to the original game, which was hard as heck. All right. And what about Wreckfest? Wreckfest, you should definitely buy it. If you are an arcade racer, that kind of, 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 uh, you enjoy those type of racing games, uh, get it. Um, the, the racetracks, it's my type of racing in a sense, you know, you can, you can be aggressive and, and, you know, race your way to the front, but if you're too aggressive, you end up losing a wheel and now you're host because you're driving on three wheels. So it, it's, it's fun. Online can be kind of a pain, but there's only a handful of online trophies if you're looking for the platinum. But the online, the, the, the single player aspect of it is, is fun. And if you don't want to spend the money on Wreckfest, uh, it, it is worth knowing that it is, uh, on PlayStation now. So you can get it that way as well. I think it's on the holiday sale. Speaking of which, Alex, don't forget holiday sale on Rush 250. Yes. Thank you, sir. All right. Uh, and there's actually another question here from Jeff Hanna, which I didn't see. Uh, Jeff Hanna wants to know why can't the PlayStation 5 be as good as the Xbox Series X? Because it's already the best console. I don't know, man. Everything I've heard says the PlayStation is better than the Xbox, so I don't, I don't know there, Jeff. Yeah. I, I'm not even going to dignify that with a response. Well, you set up the question, so you kind of did. Uh, oh, oh. Oh, wait. Here's a new one. No, he, he's, I just saw it pop up. Uh, no. He, uh, actually... He's leaving. Uh, Jeff is le- just left a, a, a comment. Uh, okay, I, I I don't get that in the context right now. So, well, it, it's in the be legit thread. All right, so that is it. Let's uh, do uh, one more ad, and then we close out the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Twitch Prime. Did you know that Amazon gives you $5 to give to your favorite streamer every month? If you link your Amazon Prime account with Twitch, you can sub to any Twitch page for free. You have to renew it every month, otherwise Amazon is just going to keep your money though, so remember. So why not just give it to us instead? Be sure to follow us on all of our social media feeds. Just look for Proven Gamer on Twitter and Facebook. Be sure to also join the Trophy Horse Facebook group at facebook.com backslash groups backslash TW podcast in the group is where you can ask questions for us to answer on the show. You can also send us an email via the Troy Memorial email. That address is trophy at proving gamer.com. Or if you would rather leave us a voicemail, you can call us at three, three Oh proven nine. That's three, three Oh seven, seven, six, eight, three, six, nine. You can watch our videos on YouTube by doing a search for official proving gamer. You can also catch us streaming at twitch.tv backslash Proven Gamer. And you can catch Tricky streaming for Extra Life every Sunday from 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at twitch.tv backslash Extra Life for Kids. Remember, that's the number four, not the word. All right. Before we actually go into our shout outs, uh, I had a question. Uh, what is the status of Rocket League Thursdays, gentlemen? I think we were just planning to get together after the new year. I know that we had issues getting together for one week, and for some reason last week, I I think with New Year's, um, I don't know what had... I know Homer posted that he had plans to play one of the games with some friends. I don't know if he had some friends over for New Year's, but 
given the holiday schedule, it's been kind of hectic, so we haven't been able to get together. But from my understanding, we're going to get right back to it, you know, now that the New Year's, we're into the New Year. So you'll probably see us again this Thursday. Which is tomorrow as of you guys listening to this. All right, so let's close out the show with some shout-outs. Yield, start us off, sir. So shout-out, as always, to Tricky and Alex for recording. Shout-out to Levi for putting on an awesome contest, which is way better than the backlog beatdown. Uh, a a shout-out. Shots fired. Shots fired. Uh, a uh, shout-out to you, all the pimps and the madams of the whoredom. Thank you for listening, downloading, interacting us. On social medias, uh, being a part of contests that we do, or events, contests, whatever. Community events. There you go. That's better. That's it, I guess. I probably had some more, but... Alex? Give a shout out to the listeners, the fans, the, you know it, fuel to the fire that is Trophy Whores. Thank you all for continuing to support the show. I know last year, which is crazy to say because it was only a couple days ago, but 2020... You know, everyone needed a sense of escapism. So, you know, hopefully, you know, listening to the show helps you guys out in some way. Uh, I know getting on here and talking and just enjoying conversation with friends about video games and getting questions, and you know, being able to talk to, to guests like Jeff Hanna and having Steven on and, you know, having dupes on just, you know, anyone else we have on the show. Like it was a very enjoyable experience that allowed us to kind of get away from the ills of the world. Um, so hopefully you guys, um, we appreciate you guys for, for continuing to listen and, you know, hopefully uh, we brought some, some a little bit of joy to your lives in the hellacious year that was 2020. Uh, give a shout out to Tricky and to Yield for recording tonight. Give a shout out to JT for crushing it in the first season of the Vila Jet side quest. And uh, also give a shout out to my loving and awesome girlfriend, Ashley. Um, we had a great holiday season together, the third holiday season. Uh, great New Year's. Uh, counted down the, the clock to see the end of another year and just happy to be with her going here into 2020 and be, or 2021 and beyond. Uh, I love you, honey. All right, and I want to give a shout-out to the goddess who is currently waiting to make me dinner as uh, is tradition on our Sunday evenings. Shout-out to Sweet Mama D., uh, she's still kicking my ass in fall, guys. I don't think I'm ever going to catch up. Did you hear her? No. No. She just laughed and went, ha ha. Yeah. Hey, hey, some games just click with people. Apparently that just clicks with the younger generation. Uh, she got a, I think, I don't know if I ever announced this on the show, she got her second platinum in, uh, Astro's Playroom. So, she's, she's coming after Wait, you. Wait, that was her first playroom. Platinum, wasn't it? Her her first platinum was uh, Undertale. So, yield. She says she's coming for you. That's fine. You got a hundred and eleven to go. She she, she's over there talking. I got headphones. See, that's that's how seriously she takes trickies. She's like, I'm not even coming for tricky. I'm just going for yield. Going for the real platinum hunters. That's right. That's because she knows she'll never catch up to me. And who knows? She may never catch up to me. Oh, she she's poking her head around the corner. She's coming in here. You have something you want to say to yield? Yes, I would like you to know that I never said that. Oh, I know, I know that he's, he's just trying to pot. stir the pot. Yeah, I know. Really? Oh, hold, hold on a second. You really gonna come in here and feel like that? Because I got the text message. Uh, shout out to the listeners. Thank you very much. If there's nothing else, until next week, happy trophy hunting. Later, play that sweet, awesome music. Bye.
The theme song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash evenphilippines.